Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Hello, TJ. I'm your host, TJ, and along with me is my co-host, Bane. Hi, Bane. Hi. So this week we have a pretty dark topic. Uh, We are going to be talking about writing and books as it pertains to death. But before we dive in to our moody, gloomy, death and gloom, (laughs) we have our weekly questions. So let's get through these. Let's sum up our week in three words. Oh, shall I go first? Yeah, you go first. Um, I think my week was scary, uh, forgiving, and also happy. Oh, I like Um, that. Yeah, scary because, you know, I kind of had some, I had some health issues and I I got scared and for the first time I kind of started taking care of my body. Mm. Uh, forgiving, I think no matter what people did, I think I should forgive them because, you know, it's easier to live with forgiveness and happy. Um, I guess I got my first paycheck uh, today and it got me so happy that I cannot tell you yeah uh, so yeah uh, what about you um adventurous secretive and comforting adventurous because i got out of town for a little while this week and i can't disclose why that's part of the secret but it really filled. I'm a Sagittarius, so any adventure uh, is really fun for me. And uh, I guess comforting because I've been I've been really reflecting. I, I'm nomadic. I like to move around a lot. I don't stay in one place for long. But I've lived in my apartment for three years now, and I've never really unpacked. I've never decorated, and I've just been working with some friends at making my house. Uh, happier environment, more plants, more artwork, cleaner, um, and I, I just feel, I feel really at peace with my soul right now. That is lovely. And also when you said secretive, I was like, well, it's a secret, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's secretive because it's a secret, the, the thing. I never um, have any secrets. I never keep <laughs> secrets, so this is big for me. What? Uh, what's the best thing you read uh, this week, or like the best or the worst thing you read this week? Okay, so I this is a new book. This is amazing. I am reading uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. It's this brand new book that just came out. It is being turned into an Amazon Prime series produced by Reese Witherspoon. I knew ah. nothing about this book, and no way. I, it, I've i never read anything like it. It is so good. I'm halfway through it. Um, but I just, I, I can't, I actually can't wait to, after we record tonight, to go and read my book. Um, it's it's really good. What about you, though? What What's the best or worst thing you read this week? Uh, the best thing I wrote is, uh, I wrote, oh my god, sorry. <laughs> The best thing I read this week is a poem uh, by Al Purdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Canadian poet, and um, the poem is called Night Song for a Woman. And that is such a beautiful poem. It's easy to understand. You need to kind of like 
dive deep into it and think about it, but it, it's such a beautiful poem. I, when I read it, I just couldn't stop oh. like, thinking about it. I'm going to have to look that up later. That sounds nice. Thank you. What inspired you this week? Um, what inspired me this week was Emily Dickinson uh, and Emily Bronte, mm -hmm. uh, as well as the universe. We were talking, we had Canadian uh, literature class, and we were talking, and my colleague said how if you don't have experience, and we talked about this the last time, you know, uh, on our previous episode, mm -hmm. he said that if you don't have experience, you cannot be a good writer. Which is wrong because I think uh, imagination can uh, can have a huge impact on that. And Emily Bronte and Emily Dickinson wrote great poetry, and I look up to them. Um, didn't have any love affairs or got married or anything. They still wrote some of the best uh, love poems. In, mm. in you know, and so that's why I got happy because my teacher agreed with me the imagination like you don't have to have something in order to create something out of it you know they created something out of nothing and that made me really happy because i feel somehow that's why and how i write poetry it's with imagination but yeah uh, what about you what inspired you this week um hmm. someone made fan art of one of my books that i'm working on um so that that actually really inspired me to get somebody that interested in something I'm writing. Yeah. Um that is lovely. Yeah. Uh and I guess what else? Um I honestly a big thing that inspired me this week was thinking about um the early days of my relationship and all the promises we made when we were fresh in love. And I just have been really in love with my husband. And I don't, I don't know. It was just a really great week with my husband. So I've just been really inspired by our love. I've been writing a lot of really, really sappy short stories, which I'm going to be publishing soon. But I guess... I feel like I'm going to cry right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't write sappy stuff. I, You know me. I write dark, sad things. But I, yeah. I'm going to the lighter side. I'm getting fluffy. Oh. This is uh, off topic, but do you think that, because uh, we talked about this today at uni with my uh, professor, and we were talking about the differences uh, in love, you know, some some loves are more stronger and go deep into the roots, some are more passionate and like, they require a flame. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, love at the beginning is very passionate, and it, it doesn't have to be, but if it is, later it grows deeper into like the roots yeah i think i think love and lust also intertwine so in the beginning it's a lot of like primal um like being attracted to each other's pheromones and the wild crazy sex and yeah. all the passion in the beginning is a lot of lust and when you settle down with someone i i like don't get me wrong like my husband drives me wild, and he is romantic, and we're romantic, and we we have a good relationship, but it's more the family dynamic that I love yeah. than the 
dates and everything like that. Yeah, so. I was just going to say because, um, you know, a lot of couples break up or they got divorced if they were married hmm. um, because the flame is dead. And the thing is, the flame might be dead, but if there is still love, you don't have to throw it away because that love can be bigger and stronger than passionate love. You know what I mean? But even being said, people do need that passion. And we struggle with that because we had a kid pretty early in our relationship. So a lot of our focus on each other went to our child. So we, we that's something we struggle with is keeping the passion there. And it's important because... You can't neglect your partner. Your partner still needs to feel beautiful. Your partner still needs to feel appreciated. You still need to rekindle that. But it, it, it's just not, I guess... Mandatory. Yeah, and it, it's it's something that happens once in a while. It's not always there. That's yeah. just not realistic. Nobody's going to be a Nicholas Sparks novel 24-7. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And also... Um we'll go back to the topic soon but I I do agree with you and you know what What that's kind of like what upsets me when I see it uh, not like me personally just it's sad that um, people should love each other no matter what and just because the, the passionate love isn't there that doesn't mean that you don't love the other person yeah you know, just because there's no more passion between you two. That doesn't mean that the relationship is that. You know, they they always think, oh, well, there's no passion. What's the point of this relationship? I feel like passion can be created at yeah. any time, but love can't be created. Exactly. Love is, is something you work on, but is something that needs to be there. So the passion can go away, and that can be something that you work towards. But if the love goes away, that's when the relationship is really... Sh- you know, drowning yeah. a little. Yeah. Um, what did you write this week? Oh, I wrote a lot of poetry. Yeah. What about you? I wrote a couple short stories, and I'm working on a... I'm working on a project with uh, Sarah Fader, um, who's the CEO of Eliezer Tristan Publishing. And we are... We're working on a little project, and I kind of slacked for a few weeks but I'm kicking it into high gear and I'm hoping to get it out and I'm hoping that as soon as this project develops I can talk more about it but we are kind of working towards like a graphic novel kind of idea so that would be lovely yeah it'd be really cool I've never done anything like it but I just I'm trying to dedicate some more time to that and the last question of the week what lesson did you learn this week? Uh, move on, let go, and always trust people. And what I mean by always trust people, you know how people, when they get hurt by people because they misuse their trust or were dishonest, uh, people usually um, stop trusting people at all, you know. And I think that's wrong because not everyone is the same. You should always trust people and... If they hurt you, they hurt you. If they lie to you, they lie to you. But always trust the next one. Uh, what about you? Um, hmm. I'm going to go back to the secret thing and say some secrets are meant to be kept. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our topic this week is death. 
And it was kind of inspired by, um, for me anyway, this was inspired by my infatuation of writing about death. Um, I started writing about dead things in fourth grade. I read Tuck Everlasting, which was this beautiful, beautiful book that I still read to this day when I'm bored, um, about immortality in people who wouldn't die. And it just kind of opened the conversation about death. And at a very young age, I had a lot of experience with people passing away. And um, it just, it made me feel more comfortable about my own experiences. So my parents came to this poetry night at my school and I was the last one to get up and all these kids read about their puppies and flowers and these beautiful things. And I got up and I had this big smile on my face and I started it off and the first word was death. I read this poem in fourth grade about death in front of all these parents and kids. Um, but just ever since then, I've really loved writing about death. And I think that there's some really great literature out there about the great beyond and death and dying and destruction. Uh, who, who do you like to read about when you read about deep, dark, gloomy death? Oh, I guess. I would say uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Me too. That's my go-to. <laughs> I, I know, he's your neighbor, but I love that man. Mm. I just, you know, what, what's, what really makes me sad sometimes is that I think of people I love, which is like the great artists such as Poe, Emily Dickinson, Bronte, um, also like Van Gogh, like a painter, uh, and I so badly want to hug them. Because they had so much to do with their lives. And they did it, but they had tragic lives. And things that happened to them are so sad. Mm. And I just wish I could just like hug them and tell them everything is going to be alright. If I could. Well, they're writers. The best thing you can do is read their work. That's the equivalent to a hug for a writer, right? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, when I think about, like, what it means to me when somebody reads my work, yeah, I, I would say, even, even more than a hug. I, Edgar Allan Poe, I think, is just genius. I, um, do you have a favorite Poe? Yeah, Annabelle Oh, that's a good one. I'm a big fan of, um, oh my god, what is it called? The Telltale Heart. Oh my god, I, uh, yeah, I know, yeah, I (laughs) I just, um, who else, who else writes really well about death? We have Tuck Everlasting, Edgar Allan Poe, who else do you like? Oh, I don't know, like, my, I would say, since, I mean, I guess I would say Emily Bronte, Mm. she, I mean, it's not like more, yeah, it's, it's kind of it kind of is like she is kind of haunted by that you know she lost her mother she lost her two sisters when she was young she actually did you know that when she was writing Wuthering Heights um in her room the window was like had a look on the graveyard wow yeah and like when you think about Wuthering Heights 
and when you read it, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of graveyard scenes. It's so haunting. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I would go with Bronte and Poe. So I asked a question on my Facebook page. Um, what happens when you die? And what are your ideas of what happens when you die? And I had a few responses. And I wanted to read some of them. Uh, someone quoted Anne Rice, which I really liked, and said, You'll never know, because when you're dead, you cease to be aware. And a couple people actually brought up that point, that when you die, you don't have to think about it anymore. Someone even else said, we stop asking that question, that when we die, there's peace. Um, yeah. I had... I... Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. You go. I had two responses I really wanted to read, um, which I'll read this one. Death entails a massive release of DMT. The rapid influx of DMT has been thought to be or described as the life flashing before your eyes or the light at the end of the tunnel. I think as we die, we are greeted with this light in preparation for what follows. I like to think that after bathing in the light, we return to the absence of awareness, the comfort and solace of the darkness we experienced before the womb. And eventually, or so I hope, we get spit back and out to the experienced consciousness all over again. Oh my god, that is beautiful. Right? I really yeah. like that. And then... Oh, so you read the, the third one. This one. This one's long, but I like this one. As you die, the top of your aura starts fizzing out of you and looks like a soda bubbles effect. Then your soul slowly bends between the world until it eventually is completely in the spirit world. While this, I, this is also a witch who commented this, so that's why I wanted to read this one because this is very interesting. While this bending happens, people often see passed over family and friends and pets greeting them. Some even say it looks like they are setting up for a party. My great-grandpa said that while he was dying, and it was his twin brother who had been dead for years and years, and his mother and father were with him and all trying to welcome my grandfather, then oftentimes you see a glowing light that seems to melt away all attachment and sorrow and grief. Then, in my opinion, you are before a council of beings, mostly the beings you worshipped or know, like your ancestors. And they talk through your life with you, ask you questions of what you would like to do, what you think you would need to do, and what you can improve on. Then you have the option to rest in the afterlife or reincarnate. It goes on, but I thought that was a very well-thought-out response. Yeah, I do agree so. And uh, do you know that um, on Wednesday, we were talking about that in our literature class, mm -hmm. and my professor said that her student, well, the ex-student, had fever, and basically he has kind of passed away for some time, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I don't know, he fainted and before they found him, but he woke up eventually. He said, though, when, when he woke up, he saw uh, the lights at the end of the tunnel, he was going through the tunnel, there was light, and there were people there, and everything was so peaceful that he didn't want to come back. And um, some will say, like, you know, there is explanation, the brain loses, uh, the you know, the oxygen, so it starts hallucinating. But it, it is so strange 
that he is not the only one who had that, I, I would say, vision of just like going to, to the other side. Like, because many people had similar sto- stories, you right. know, the light at the end of the tunnel, the, everything is so peaceful, you don't want to come back. I don't know. I, 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 I do believe there is something. I just don't know what it is. I'm the same and way. Also, yeah, and also about what you said about um, uh, we don't. Uh, somebody wrote that on your Facebook page. You don't worry about uh, that anymore, and that is true. But at the same time, the, why we worry? Like we so badly we say all the time. Like I wish I wasn't living uh, this life anymore, or I wish I was somewhere else. But the truth is, like. If the moment were to come, you would still want to come back to Earth. Yeah. You know, because life is beautiful, even though he, it can be shitty sometimes. I don't know what happens when we die. I don't know if I believe in heaven. I don't know if I believe in reincarnation. I don't know what I believe in. But I believe... It's weird. I don't know if it's ghosts, I don't know if it's angels, but I believe that I have people watching over me. Um, just because, I mean, there's some things that, like, can't be explained. And I just, I feel like when people that are close to me pass away, I don't feel like they're gone. Like, I know they're gone, I, obviously they're gone, but I can still feel them in my heart. And I don't know if that means they're living on in my heart or if they are living on somewhere else but that's enough for me I don't I don't need to know what happens I'm too scared to know what happens I'm too scared because I think the answer is nothing happens and that freaks me out (laughs) yes it freaks me out too and uh, you know sometimes when you're with someone and they pass away you still feel like they're there yeah you know like their presence is somehow there. You look at a chair and you somehow see them sitting there, even though they're not there. I don't know. It, it is strange. If like that is very strange. I I have sometimes right after people pass away these dreams. And they feel so real. I had one about my grandma. My grandma actually yesterday was the two-year anniversary of my grandma passing away from Alzheimer's. And, yeah. um, And I had a dream about her. And she she and I were very close. But I had this dream that she was telling me to take care of my mom. Which was also one of the last things she told me before her memory started to fade. And, um, it felt so real and it felt like a conversation and I, that's why I kind of believe in like angels because like it, it was too real to not be real. And yeah. I just, I, I feel like sometimes I get not messages. It's not like that, but I just get signs that only somebody else who's passed away would have known. And I just, it, it comforts me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand you. You know, my grandma passed uh, passed away in January. It was the end of January. And my parents didn't tell me because I was a junior and I had exams. And obviously, I didn't think I would be able to um, 
kind of handle it. Mm -hmm. So they told me two weeks later, and it felt so strange because I know she's gone, but at the same time it doesn't feel like she's gone because it happened like two weeks ago, and at the same time I haven't seen her. Yeah. Like, you know, I wasn't at the funeral, and it is so strange. But I think of her, and somehow I know she's in a better place. I think... She doesn't have to suffer anymore. Yeah. You know what's... I have a confession. I... I have a writing confession, of all things. I have a fear of two things. One is that my writing won't be recognized until I'm gone. And the other one is that even when I am gone, what if no one reads my writing and my books are just sitting on an empty shelf? Oh, T, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you will be. But I think that's a fear that a lot of writers have, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Like, I, like let's think about some of the authors and the artists who weren't recognized in their life, and then when they died, they became these huge successes. And, like, those are the artists I really feel for because they never knew in life how appreciated they are, and I feel like they were ripped off. Yeah, I do agree, too. So, like, I have, like, s- some of them uh, in on my mind, uh, the ones I can think of straight, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think, for example, let's start with Poe. We talked about him earlier. Mm. He became famous only after his death. He he maybe was famous during his life, but he wasn't as famous as he is now because today he's one of the greatest. Don't you think that's ironic that Poe, of all people, his fame came with his death? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know, but still, it's... <laughs> um, also, Emily Dickinson. Mm. Did you know that she actually was no one, basically? She was a recluse. She was full of anxiety, living in her home, writing. And when she died, her sister found out a, a whole room filled with papers and her writings. And later, her sister published those works. Excuse me? I did not know that. Yeah. What? That's yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's Emily Dickinson. I mean, that's a staple. That's someone you learn at a young age. That's, I mean, wow. I know. I can't I believe know. that. You know, the book I just read, um, The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, the one I talked about last week and told you that I would send you the name and then never did. Yeah. <laughs> I, that book was the woman who wrote it passed away while writing it, and her niece actually is the one who finished it and is now getting a lot of, I don't know how much work the niece put into it, I don't know the whole logistics, but, I mean, I, that, it just reminded me with the Emily Dickinson with her family helping her be published. Yeah. And also... I, no, I think we're going to say the same thing, which is Wuthering Heights sold uh, what? Two copies while she was yeah, alive. That's, that's actually what I was going to say. And you know me so well with Emily Bronte. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, um, yeah. 
I think um, Wuthering Heights, um, I don't know, maybe even like one copy, but did you know that uh, the three of them, Anne, Charlotte and uh, Emily, uh, since they, they, all three of them wrote poetry, they kind of made a collection of mm -hmm. their poems and uh, published them under a pen name, um, like male pen names. Yeah. Um, and they sold only two copies. Oh. Only two copies. Bronte sisters sold two copies. Can you believe that? Wow. People were and... sleeping on some great artwork. <laughs> I know. You know, the Buddhist Heights was rejected. They were, like, uh, criticizing her. What is this? This doesn't have any uh, moral story. doesn't teach us anything. And then look at it now. It's, like, something... The, one of the best things that, that happened also when we talk about like uh copies and how how many they sold let's like look at van gogh for example he sold only one painting in his life and i think that was like his um some cousin or something because his brother was buying all the paintings that he was selling oh it breaks my heart it just that's it, it it hurts me when i see like I, I go on Etsy a lot just because I love seeing homemade goods and what people can create and seeing these people who make these beautiful art pieces but have no sales, it, it sucks. Like, I just, I wish I was a millionaire so I could fill up my house with yeah. everyone's art, everyone's book. It just, I, I, that's, that's one of the reasons I created the Hello TJ website because I want to give writers a chance to get their work out there and a chance to get shares and a chance to get new readers. I it I don't want anyone to ever feel underappreciated as an author and I don't want anyone to fear that only in death will they become famous. I know I fear it myself. I just said that, but I don't I I I wish there wasn't such a big fear of having no readers. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. But also, you know, for example, we talked about it earlier, but, like, if you die and nothing happens, you're just, like, decay. Yeah. Then, like, at least, you know, you die thinking that your work will be read when you die. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You're dead, and it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's but true. <laughs> I, I would love that. You know, I think we all hope for that, to be kind of alive when we die, because that's how you stay alive, you know. Um, so I don't I didn't actually know, but it, it is sad, you know. Like, for, look at Van Gogh. Like, look what he created, and he sold only one painting. How? Like... People would kill each other for his, one of his paintings today. You know, that's there's a small part of me hoping that there's a heaven so people like Van Gogh can look down and see them become gods, you know? And just, yeah. ugh. I, the part of me hopes that just somehow they live on and can see how appreciated and how adored they are. And how they're just yeah. classics. Yeah, and if if I um, go to heaven, I hope so. I mean, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I can like meet Van Gogh and Emily Bronte and like all those 
great people, mm. I, w- I will tell them what happened when they when they left Earth, because I think they would be happy to know that. When um, when I was like a late teenager, early twenties, um, I was really big into this band called the Velvet Underground, and the main artist, or not the main artist, but the lead singer, his name is Lou Reed, and he died in. Maybe 2013, 2014, no, 2013. And all I could think was that I'll never get a chance to meet him and tell him how much his music just saved me. Yeah. And I I just hope there is, I hope there is something and I can meet all the artists who have heavily impacted my life and just yeah. thank them for being who they are. Yeah, that is lovely of you. Yeah. And I think that they will be happy. But, you know, what also happens is um, I, um, I I did kind of some researching uh, on this topic. Mm-hmm. And, for example, did you know that um, when it comes to, like, our civilization, that Earth has been wiped out, like, with civilizations four or five times mm. so far? So, like, before, um, you know, the dinosaurs, there was a civilization. And they had, like, I don't know what they had. I don't know, maybe they were, like, aliens. Or, like, they were more um, forward, you know, into the future. They had better technology or whatever. And then something happened and they got wiped out. Like, completely. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there's some, uh, it's, I think it's uh, Gobekli Tepe uh, in Turkey. Uh, they recently discovered, I think uh, they started uh, digging, like the archaeologists, in 1963. And they have been digging so far. And just recently they discovered that it was a temple. And they, uh, they found out that the temple was made of some material that wasn't ours. You know, it's not it's not familiar to to humankind. They also had those animals that are kind of in engraved in the stone. I don't know. I, I'm gonna call it stone, even if it's not. And those animals are not familiar to us. Like you look at them, and they. I don't know what it is because it is not a crocodile. It is not a mammal or um, an elephant. I don't. I don't even know what it is because it, it is so different. And there is a theory that I don't know how. Uh, maybe it's a higher force or something. But uh, before the great flood, that the sand, because it's in the desert, the sand kind of um, got above the temple um, and so to protect the temple from the flood mm-hmm. and so when the water came back and like you know there is turkey now and we live on on, gro- on the ground on earth um, now they finally found out about that temple wow it is it is so strange and also those uh, structures and cities that they're discovering in the ocean right now. Um, how did it happen? I don't really know. It is so strange. But they found out people 
I think the best way that I would just look at it is, like, people have lived and died way before us, and people will live and die way after us, too. Yeah. It kind of, it, it puts the things in perspective, like, it takes the pressure off, like, you know? Yeah, and, uh, it is strange when you think about it, like, there, there were people before us that lived on this earth and walked and who else who who knows what they did you know maybe they fly maybe they didn't maybe they had magic maybe did it is so strange and we know nothing because of like there are no records that we can follow or that we can read or anything because we know everything from our civilization but what about the civilization before the ice age of the dinosaurs before before that mm. you know well i think this is all the time we have for tonight but that was a fun talk <laughs> yeah it was um stay tuned for next week's episode we update or upload every saturday night and uh we have a really interesting topic next week and we really want to talk to you guys about it Please be sure to contact us if you liked our podcast and be sure to subscribe on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, any closing remarks? Um, I have a poem to read. Oh, that's right. You have the poem. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I forgot. Let's close you off with a poem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the poem is called Somewhere in the Universe. We live in a universe where time doesn't exist. If only that was the case with this planet. If I threw you a ball, it would take a few seconds for it to reach you. If the sun, which is around eight light minutes away dead this moment, it would take eight minutes for the earth to get dark and cold. It has died, yet here it is still alive. In another galaxy, which is 65 million light years away from us, the dinosaurs are still walking, living and eating fern on this planet. Or we are just into... 2,702 trying to save our planet or maybe we are already gone but we live in a universe which is infinite and eternal where time doesn't exist which is to say that you and I may one day be in different countries living different lives and are not in each other's lives anymore our love for one another has died yet in this universe which is infinite and eternal our love will be alive, at its peak, never changing, always alive, somewhere in the universe. What a perfect, perfect poem to end Thank this on. Oh, I think we should always end with one of your poems. That was this week's episode of Hello TJ. Please get in contact with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at HelloTJ. You can also email us at hello.tta dot jay at gmail.com uh we are looking for feedback we are looking for guest hosts we are looking for any books you want us to review any topics you want to talk about and just tell us how much you love listening to us thanks for listening tune in next week